Hi, and welcome to Better Than New, the podcast to help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. I'm your host, Gary Crenshaw, and today I want to tell you about a four-door sports sedan that serves up V8 levels of torque and acceleration, but does it while sipping fuel. Oh, wait a minute. A car that gets decent fuel economy, but is still fast and fun to drive? Does that sound good to you? Well, if so, stick around and I'll tell you what it is and what makes it great in just a moment. So hop in, buckle up, and let's go for a drive. Several years ago, I got to spend a long weekend putting a couple hundred miles on what I consider to be one of the best and most underrated sports sedans I've had the pleasure of driving. And the car in question is a 3 Series BMW. Now you're probably thinking, a 3 Series BMW? Underrated? Is this guy an idiot? Everyone knows about the 3 Series, right? Well, yes and no. Now most people in the U.S. know about the gas-powered 3 Series cars. But BMW also brought to the U.S. for a short three-year run a performance diesel 3 Series sedan called the 335D. It was available here from 2009 through 2011. It was the E90 chassis. Okay? Now, I'm old enough to remember an earlier diesel effort that BMW put forth in the U.S. back in the mid-80s. It was the E28 Series 524TD. Now, that car with its 2.4 liter turbo diesel engine made 114 horsepower at 4,800 RPM and 155 pound-feet of torque at 2,400 RPM. Now, my sister had one, and I got to drive it several times, and I can assure you that it was no performance diesel. Not a performance diesel at all. In fact, it was mind-numbingly slow, taking more than 13 seconds to reach 60 miles per hour. I mean, that's like a lifetime. It's super slow. But the 2009 through 2011 BMW 335D is completely different. This car isn't your father's diesel. It's not some clanky, underpowered, wheezy thing that spits clouds of black smoke out the back. We're talking about diesel done right, with excellent fuel economy, 50-state legal emissions, and enough ground-twisting torque to spit this car down the road to 60 miles per hour in less than six seconds. And, here's a bonus, it came with most of the good stuff that makes the E93 series cars so enjoyable to drive, including an all-independent suspension, near 50-50 weight distribution, and telepathic steering that connects you to the road better than most of the cars of its era. So, if I've piqued your interest, let's take a moment to go over the reasons why you might want a BMW 335D and why you might not want a BMW 335D. Now, you might want one if you love effortless ground-twisting acceleration. This thing is a torque monster. It's got more torque than a 2022 Mustang Mach 1. It goes. It accelerates really hard. Now, you might want one if you love great handling cars that are fun to drive. Like all 3 Series cars from this era, the 335D can make short work of a twisty road. And with the Sport Package, it handles even better. Now, you might want one if you need to carry four people as quickly as possible on a long road trip. And you might want one if you want a car that's not only fast, but it's frugal. It gets great fuel economy. Now, you might not want one if you really need all-wheel drive. It would be a perfect engine for an all-wheel drive wagon. 
that was sort of like my f- ultimate fantasy for one of these things, but it's a sedan, it's rear-wheel drive, so no AWD. Now, you might not want one if you need an SUV or suv size storage and carrying capacity. Now, at the same time, BMW did offer this 3-liter diesel engine in an SUV, so you could get it in an SUV form, but the sedan's not an SUV, so there's that. Now, you might not want one if you don't like BMWs or 3 Series cars. Some people just don't like 3 Series. Okay, well, this is a 3 Series. Sorry. And you might not want one if you're just not into used German cars. This is a used German car and all that that implies, including expensive parts, expensive maintenance. But that's part of the deal when you own a used German car. Now, if you're still with me and you want to know more about the combination of good fuel economy plus torque monster acceleration that sets this 3 Series BMW apart from its gas-powered siblings, then let's dig into the details, starting with the engine. The 2009-2011 BMW 335D comes with a 3-liter dual-overhead cam 4-valve-per-cylinder inline 6-cylinder twin-turbo diesel engine. That's a mouthful, but it's a great motor. It makes 265 horsepower at 4,200 RPM and 425 pound-feet of torque at 1,750 RPM. The only transmission available is a six-speed automatic. It's a shiftable automatic, and you can get it with the paddle shifters on the steering wheel, but it's still an automatic transmission for those who want a manual. Suspension on the car is independent front and rear. It's got rack and pinion steering, and it's got an almost ideal 50-50 weight distribution. It's actually 51% to the front, 49% to the rear, so really pretty close to that ideal 50-50 weight distribution. It's also got great brakes. It comes with large vented discs front and rear with ABS. The fronts are 13.7 inches, and the rears are 13.2 inches. And when it comes to wheels, the standard size is a 17-inch with a 225-45-17 all-season tire. And the Sport Package car has got an 18-inch staggered wheel tire setup. It had an 18-by-8-inch wheel in the front with a 225-40-18 summer tire. And in the rear, it was an 18-by-8.5-inch wheel with a 255-35 R18 summer tire. Now, on the standard car, you're going to get longer tire life because you can rotate the tires front to rear since they're the same size. But on the sport package car, you're not going to be able to do that. You can't do the tire rotation because the wheel width and the tire size is different front and rear. But you're going to have better handling and better braking. So that's the trade-off and a choice you're going to have to make if you decide to buy one. Now, in terms of performance and handling, many contemporary road tests back in the day got 0 to 60 times between 5.5 and 6 seconds. Road and Track, in a comparison with the 2009 Audi A4, got their 335D to hit 0 to 60 in 5.3 seconds and covered the quarter mile in 13.8 at 101.5 miles per hour, which is really quick for a diesel engine. In terms of braking, their 60 to 0 brake distances were 116 feet, which is nice and short. And when it comes to handling road and tracks tests, they got 0.92 in their lateral acceleration, which is really high. That compared to 0.86 for the Audi. And the slalom speed was 70.5 miles per hour compared to 66.2 for the Audi with its all-wheel drive. So definitely the 335D handled better. Now for fuel economy, the EPA rated the car at 23 city. 
36 highway, and the EPA combined mileage was 27. However, most drivers report better fuel economy over time, especially when they're not gunning it and, you know, playing with that torque. And really on the freeway, these cars can get well beyond their 36 mile per gallon rating. A lot of people report 38, 40, even more. So diesels are known for actually doing better than the EPA tests. So that's something to keep in mind. But these cars do really, really well. Now, when it comes to the looks of the 335D in terms of the interior and the exterior, really, it looks like any other 3 Series. It's really hard to tell it apart. Um, the 335D badge on the back is going to, you know, a little bit of a giveaway. And the front fascia and rear lights and tail section are a little bit different, but really almost identical. Now, there is a small door on the left rear fender down low. It's for the diesel engine fluid. That's a little round cap on there, and it's painted body color, so you don't really even notice it. And really, that's kind of it for the changes. If you line it up side by side with the 335i, you'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference. Again, some minor changes, but really not, not that different. Inside the car, same thing. You're going to get the same sort of BMW look and feel. There's nothing really to distinguish it from the other cars in the 3 Series lineup. Okay, so those are the details about the car. Let's now get into what to look for if you're actually searching for a 335D. So some of the typical used car things that you want to look for with any used car, but certainly with a used German car, especially a used German car with some miles, you know, minimal number of owners. That always That's always important. You want to know if it's ever been in an accident. Don't get a car that's been in an accident. Just avoid it. Uh, same thing goes for a salvage or rebuilt title. Don't do that. You want to find out, does the owner have service records? You want the car to be serviced, of course, but you want to make sure that there's records to back that up. Just saying it's been serviced is different than actually seeing the receipts. You also want to make sure there's no check engine lights. You know, bring a scanner, an OBD2 scanner. You can check and see if there's any issues with the car. Is there any deferred maintenance, right? Anything that the car needs that it should have been fixed, but it wasn't? You want to check on that. You want to check and make sure all the kind of key electrical and mechanical systems work. Wipers, air conditioning, heater, fan, etc. You know, make sure the buttons work on the dash. Take the window switches, roll the windows up and down, work the electric mirrors. You know, do they close? Do they do they move? Do they do what they're supposed to do? All of those kinds of things. You want to check all that stuff. You also want to check and see if it's rusty. Don't buy a rusty car, especially a car of this vintage. It's not that old. Shouldn't be rusty, but just avoid rust if there's any. Does it need any paint or bodywork? Don't buy it. Come on. These are expensive cars to begin with. I mean, expensive in terms of repairs and that sort of thing. So you don't want to be fixing paint or bodywork on a car. Unless it's something you can do and you're really excited about it, I'd say avoid it. Walk away. Another thing you want to check on is any recalls on the car. If there's been any recalls, you want to make sure they've been taken care of. Now, they should have been taken care of at the BMW dealer. But if not, you can call the dealer. You can give them the VIN number. And they can tell you if all the recalls for that car were completed, were fixed. If they haven't been, you want to make sure that they do get fixed or just avoid the car and move on to the next one. Now, getting into things that are specific to the 335D, there was no two-door coupe. It was only available as a four-door sedan. So if you don't want a four-door sedan, then, you know, walk away. If you want a manual transmission, sorry, only comes in an automatic. If you don't want an automatic transmission, you got to walk away. For my money, I would get a fully loaded example. Get something with the cold weather package, the heated seats, the folding rear seat, backup sensors, uh, steering wheel mounted paddle shifters, adaptive xenon headlights. Get everything on the car. 
There's not that much difference between the price of a base car and a fully loaded version. So go for the fully loaded version. You're going to want to have all those things. Another thing I would say too is you've got a choice to make between the standard car and a car that comes with the sport package. For my money, I would get the sport package. This comes with the sport seats, the sport suspension, and the staggered wheel and tire setup. Now, it's not ideal if you want to rotate your tires. You can't rotate the tires front to rear because front tires are skinnier than the rear tires and the front wheels are skinnier than the rear wheels. However, if you want a car that handles as good as that car can handle, then you want to have the sport package. So that's what I would go for. It's going to cost you a little bit more in the long run, but it's going to be the more interesting car to drive. And I think that's the reason you would buy this car in the first place, is that you've got great acceleration and it handles well. And the final thing I would say is, you know, these cars did come in some interesting colors. There was a really nice blue that I like. The blue also came with kind of a, I want to say baseball glove leather. That's a nice color combination. And there was kind of an interesting green or gray-green color that looked really good on the car. It's kind of rare. You don't see it often. But color is sort of the last thing that I look for. I really look for condition over everything else. And then again, I'd get the sport package car and a fully loaded sport package car compared to the standard car. Okay, now let's talk about some of the problems you might encounter with a used BMW 335D. And I'm going to start with the phrase caveat emptor, which in Latin means let the buyer beware. Now, it's the principle that the buyer alone is responsible for checking the quality and suitability of goods, in this case a car, before a purchase is made. And it's a mindset you need to take with any used car, but especially with a high-performance German car. Now, I'm not trying to scare you away from getting a 335D, because I think these cars are really amazing. They handle well, they're fun to drive, and in the case of the 335D, it serves up V8 levels of torque for a satisfying shove in the back every time you step on the throttle, so that's great. But, all that said, you need to be aware of the potential pitfalls. So, let's get into it. Now, some of the common problems you might experience with these cars are control arms wearing out with higher mileage, now, this is in the front suspension, and you know, around 80 to 100,000 miles, these things are kind of worn out. The little rubber bushings inside go, and they kind of crack and wear. So you have kind of a sloppy front-end feel. Those will need to be replaced. The harmonic balancer on the front of the engine can fail. The harmonic balancer, which is part of the front pulley off the crankshaft, actually turns things like the air conditioning compressor, the alternator, uh, the power steering pump, it turns all those things and it makes them run. So when it doesn't work, all those systems fail. So it can leave you on the side of the road. So you want to have that checked. Electronic sensors in these cars can fail over time. I know that from experience. Uh, and you also want to check the turbochargers. This car has two and things like vacuum hoses, the actuators that open and close the turbo, oil hoses that send oil to cool and lubricate the turbos, all those things can have issues over time. They can leak or crack or whatever. So you want to have that checked and inspected. Which brings me to my next point, which is get a pre-purchase inspection from a BMW specialist. You need to do that with this car. Don't, don't do anything else, okay? Now, the issues I think you really need to focus on with these cars are all emission system related, starting with what's known as SCR or Selective Catalytic Reduction. So SCR is basically an active emissions control technology system that injects a liquid reductant agent through a catalyst into the exhaust system on a diesel engine. 
Now, this fluid, known as DEF or diesel exhaust fluid, is a liquid form of urea that sets off a chemical reaction which separates nitrous oxides from the exhaust, which is the bad stuff, and it separates it out into nitrogen, water, and tiny amounts of carbon dioxide, which is then expelled out the tailpipe as cleaner exhaust. Now, the DEF tank, or diesel exhaust fluid, on some of these cars can fail early on and was replaced under warranty by BMW, so you want to check to see if that was done. Also, the nitrous oxide sensors can fail, so check to see whether those were replaced as well. Also, the DPF, or diesel particulate filter, can clog up. This is a filter that's designed to capture that kind of black sooty exhaust that comes out of the car, and over time, it will clog up, and it goes through a process called regeneration, where the engine computer in the car basically says, okay, we're going to heat this thing up, burn off all the old diesel particulate stuff, and then cool down. But for that regeneration process to be done properly, it requires a longer drive time. So if a driver's not paying attention and the regeneration process starts, and then the driver decides, I'm going to stop here and get a burger or whatever, the regeneration process is interrupted and it'll have to be done over. And if that happens repeatedly, it can cause clogging in this DPF or diesel particulate filter. Anyway, you want to check that. Now, another issue is carbon buildup in the intake system. Now, usually quality fuel and regular oil changes can help with this, but the carbon buildup requires a cleaning that's probably going to be done every 50 to 100,000 miles, depending on how you drive and how much buildup happens inside the intake system on the car. So it's just something that's going to have to be done. And you want to check to see if it's been done recently so you don't have to do it immediately. Also, another thing to check is the EGR, or Exhaust Gas Recirculation System. This sends exhaust back into the intake for cleaner emissions, but that's part of what causes the carbon buildup in the first place. And the EGR can also have some issues, so confirm that it's working properly. If it's been replaced, that's probably a good thing. Anyway, check it out. You can contact BMW, or if you take it to BMW for a pre-purchase inspection, they can check their records and see if it's been done. Now, BMW North America did extend the warranty on some of these parts, like the nitrous oxide sensors and the diesel exhaust fluid tank. Uh, they extended those out to 10 years and 120,000 miles. But the problem is every 335D sold in the U.S. is now older than 10 years, so it's kind of a moot point. Those things are no longer under warranty. Again, you want to do a pre-purchase inspection at a reputable BMW repair shop or dealer. You want to get records. You want to run a Carfax. You want to check with BMW to make sure recalls were done and find out what parts and repairs were replaced or done under warranty or outside of warranty. You want to find out all of that stuff. And finally, while I don't often recommend getting an aftermarket repair warranty due to the cost of the warranty versus the actual cost of needed repairs over time for most cars, this is a car that might be an exception. So look into that if you're concerned at all about maintenance and repair costs eating into your budget, okay? And you want to do your due diligence. Remember, caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. And speaking of budget and cost, let's explore what a 335D might cost you. Now, in terms of pricing, there's really not much below $10,000, I've seen some cars below that. Like, for example, I recently saw a car that was $89.95 through a dealer. It was that blue color with the baseball glove leather that I like. 
However, it had about 110,000 miles, and the dealer was up front. They said, hey, this has some rebuilt issues. They didn't list it with a rebuilt title, but I'm assuming it had a rebuilt title. So, And it's something they may have found out later. So they're like, eh, let's get rid of this thing. I don't think I would buy that car, even though I like the color. But no, I would walk away from that. Now, I've found several recently in the $10,000 to $12,000 range with right around ninety to 110,000 miles. Again, that's high miles, and you're going to get into some of these problems that I just mentioned. So I might pass on that, and I would probably spend more. And when I'm talking about uh, the ten to twelve k price, I'm talking about prices from a private party. You're going to spend 15 20% more to buy that same car from a dealer. Now, I would spend thirteen to fifteen k from a private party, And get a car with low miles, and low miles is going to be like 60K to 80K. It's going to take some searching to find that. They don't just pop up. They're out there, but they're hard to find. You want a car that's in excellent condition, had regular service and records, one that's been driven on longer trips, so it gets a chance to burn off some of that soot to go through that regeneration process, etc. So that's where I would look in that thirteen dollars to $15,000 range. Again, private party. And the most expensive cars I've seen recently are really in the 18 to, you know, pushing up to 20K range, which is a lot for one of these cars. Remember, the pandemic and inflation or whatever has pushed the prices up, and it's kind of frustrating. And the most expensive car I've seen recently was a dealer-offered car. It had 55,000 miles, so low miles. It was in that interesting green color I mentioned earlier. And the price was $19,000. 19K for one of these cars uh, with the potential to have problems. Now, you can get a car with 55,000 miles and still have some of those issues. So even if it's coming from a dealer, I would still take it through the entire inspection process with a pre-purchase inspection, looking at all those things we talked about. Because, you know, low miles is no guarantee completely that you won't have an issue. So definitely check those things over. And again, 19K, that's probably, I don't know, 2 or 3K more than I'd want to spend for that particular car. Just That's me, but I'm just saying, you know, you spend the money on giving the dealer added profit, and you don't have it when you need to make a repair. So keep that in mind. Okay, so the car of the day is the fast, frugal, and fun-to-drive BMW 335D. A turbo diesel sports sedan with V8-like acceleration and torque, combined with excellent fuel economy. And the phrase of the day is... Caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. Now, I think the 335D is an amazing car that you should at least test drive if you get the chance, but it is a used German car. So check it over thoroughly before you actually decide to buy one. And with that, thanks for listening to this episode. And be sure to join me next time for another episode where we help you find a cool used car, truck, or SUV at a price you'll love. And until next time, I'm Gary Crenshaw, this is Better Than New, and I'm really glad you came along for the ride.